fantasy and some flights. Exploring the realms of beer, board games, books, and bourbon. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy and Some Flights podcast. I'm Nelson. I'm Dalton. And today we are kicking off a brand new series of yeah. the show. Yeah, right? Like, so I don't think we've actually ever done this before. So I know I was no, trying venturing. to think about like coming into this. I was like, how many like series or like themes have we done? You know? Right. And we'll yeah. have like overarching, like, we'll do like book analysis episodes that are like kind of the same idea or whatever. And we did like, we kind of did like the mechanics at the like beginning where we explored like deck building and, you know, right. Games yeah. And stuff. Yeah. But, but this is kind of one that actually have a common thread all tied through them. And they're, it's all about game design. Yeah. And so we're talking to different designers and different aspects of game design and mm-hmm. kind of what goes into it, how you know they've approached it, and just kind of talking to people in this space. And so I'm really excited for it. I, I think that we're going to gain a lot of insight into it and kind of see a side that we don't normally get to see when we are yeah. just have a piece of cardboard on the table, right? Like there's... Yeah. A lot of passion went into that. For sure. Yeah, it's a little behind the curtain. And I think especially for, you know, folks like us who analyze, like game design is always in the back of your head, right? Like we we joked about like in our first episode about um, Game of Thrones and how like it was one of our favorite games, but we had an improvement, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. We yeah. had a house rule that we thought was a good mechanical improvement. And then in the expansion, they like implemented it because they, yeah, they listened. listened to our podcast. Yeah. Right, and <laughs> they, they took our <laughs> advice. <laughs> uh, but I think a lot of people do this, right? Like you, as you start to get more into the hobby, you sort of like pick up on elements of game design and you're like, I think this would be better if it was done this way or, oh, I right. really like this about this game. Um, and so I'm excited for this series, been looking forward to it. And we've had our own ideas, right? We've thrown out like ideas for games. I've never really like, gotten anywhere off the ground besides just like, you know, kind of quick ideas being thrown out and it's fun, but it's fun to talk about. Right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking this will add a little bit more meat to that, a little more, like a little more context to it, which is cool. So starting out for the first episode, we have Jonathan McKenzie from Terra Dice. There's, it's a YouTube channel. They're going to join us and talk about what goes into pre-Kickstarter design as they're getting ready to launch their first Kickstarter ever. Yeah. And so and this really is a cool one because it's like it's John, Jonathan McKen- like they're just they're two people, right? Yeah. They, they're just two folks. They're they're young folks, a young couple. Um and it's not like so this isn't, you know, we're not talking to Asmo Day or something, right? Like some big company that like <laughs> rolls out games on the on the regular. Um these are folks just like you and I who um have kind of got a passion for it, got an idea and have like started to walk through um, and are leading up to a Kickstarter. So it's a really cool story. Um, and I'm excited to excited to get into it with them. Absolutely. So without further ado, let's talk to him. Alrighty. So we have Jonathan and Mackenzie here from Terra Dice Games. How are you all doing? Thank you for coming on. Hey. Hey, we're doing, we're doing great. Doing. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's so it, it's exciting to see you here. Like we've connected a little bit over some of the conventions, and then Jonathan, we went to school together, and so like yeah. it's just kind of weird. Like we saw each other on I think it was I saw you on Facebook at one point when you were oh, promoting Paradise, yeah, and yeah. I was like, wait a second, I know him. <laughs> <laughs> well, weren't That's you good. weren't you promoting fantasy and, and weren't you watching? No, I was already following Fantasy and Some Flights on Instagram. I'm like, yeah, these are great photos, but you guys never posted your faces on those pictures. So, oh, that's funny. (laughs) Yeah, and then I started reading, and I was like, Dalton and Nelson, those are very uncommon names to be paired together. (laughs) Yeah, 
<laughs> it was just like a weird a weird coincidence but yeah, we are yeah. so excited to have you on happy to have you here talking about Teradice, talking about your new game coming out i want to i'm excited to hear more about that and then also talking about kind of the design process of what goes into getting a game ready for kickstarter but as tradition before that let's uh let's talk about what's on our flights we're gonna start with dalton <laughs> then we'll hop down to you all and then i will finish us off dalton what's on your flight all right so i'm drinking tonight um Fighting 69th, which is um, <laughs> something that you're going to comment on, but <laughs> it's, like, it's like named for uh, like a, like an Irish unit, basically. Um, it's pretty, this is an Irish whiskey and it, um, it comes across like an Irish whiskey. It's very smooth throughout. Um, it has like some nice like banana notes up front um, in the nose and then it's just like really balanced. So it has a, a little bit of sweet, a little bit of um, smoke, a little bit of heat. It, it comes back to like we talked early on in the podcast about Jameson and how it was like something that I would order at a bar like all the time just because it's Irish whiskeys are always easy to drink and this one's this one's in that rank. So I picked it up for I think it was in like the $30 price point, like 30 to 35. That's not bad. Yeah. So pretty approachable price point. Um, but what I've been really enjoying just to have on the shelf and, and pull off on a, on an evening where I'm just relaxing kind of thing. So very nice. whiskey. Yeah. yeah. All righty. Ro- going in counterclockwise order on the zoom screen down to Jonathan and McKenzie. What are what's on your flight tonight? Uh, so um, in normal times, I, I love drinking um, whiskey and I'm a big uh, margarita gal, frozen margarita. Very nice. But, yeah. uh, yes. Um, but tonight <laughs> I am having a milkshake from Shake Shack because I won't be able to drink for about another six months because I'm pregnant. <laughs> Yay. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. So um, milkshake for me. Um, it's a chocolate milkshake and it is uh, from it's a nice chocolatey smooth flavor uh, from the local Shake Shack New York burger joint mm. we went to before this podcast started. It sounds delicious. <laughs> honestly, it really does. <laughs> I am joining in solidarity. I have a Oreo milkshake from Shake Shack. It is a, a classic from their menu. It's like $4.69. And uh, yeah, it's pretty great. Honestly, the, what's nice about it is when Oreos get like cold and refrigerated and soggy, that's when I like them best. Like I don't like them. They're so good. They're so good. <laughs> I, I think I think in the milkshake war, I have to decide with Jonathan on this one. I love me an Oreo milkshake. Just drop your yeah, Oreo yeah. in a glass of milk and put it in the fridge for like an hour. Yep. <laughs> and then you eat it. Excellent. Is this well, like a is this walking distance joint for you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was a last minute decision. Um, yeah. okay. I think uh, pregnancy hormones hit, and I was like, "Ooh, Shake Shack." Well, on this kick of like singing the, so I don't know if you've if you've ever seen Veggie Tales before. There's a yeah. song, the Cheeseburger song. Have you have you heard that yeah. one? Yeah, it's no, ridiculous. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> we just like remembered that it was a thing a couple days ago, and have just been like singing it nonstop. He's singing about like his cheeseburger, and that's I think why we went to Shake Shack. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a dangerous habit to be in for sure. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Well, congratulations, y'all. It's a Thanks. exciting time for the Teradice family yes we're working on uh two kickstarters <laughs> two, two, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice <laughs> nice and then this is the first podcast that i am recording in the new house since the move this will not yeah. be the first one that we've released but i went out and got a local cincinnati beer from ryan geist who i think i've had on the podcast before or at least my wife has she had bubbles i think from yep. ryan geist hmm. but this is hustle by Ryan Geist, and it's an Indiana, Indiana Pale Ale. It's an <laughs> India Pale Ale. <laughs> um, nice, nice. So it, it's good. I mean, it's if it was if it was not a Cincinnati beer, I don't know if I buy it again. 
So yeah. <laughs> I've had a ton from Ryan guys just because just because of family in Cincinnati and it's like one yeah. of the biggest in the area and yep. um, it's pretty recognizable. Their like packaging's really recognizable, right? It's just like big prime colors on the whole like can <laughs> and like that's it. It's like this is the orange one or whatever. Yep. But, yep. This is the baseball one. If anyone's wondering it. Oh, yeah. Nice. Baseball. Nice. So, <laughs> yeah. so you have to embrace have a Reds fan. Yeah, you have yeah. to embrace the Cincinnati culture. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Eat chili and watch baseball. Yeah. So, Teradice. So, what is Teradice? Talk, talk to me about Teradice. How did it start and what is it? Yeah. So, Teradice Games is made up of Jonathan and I. And um, we started it as, uh, two years ago and we started it as a YouTube channel. So, we are currently doing a YouTube, we release YouTube videos every single week covering um, all types of board games. Uh, we specialize in, and we're probably most known for a couple games. Um, and then, Disney games as well. Like we're really popular with like villainous and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, it's a two player yeah. popular IP, nice. that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. 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 But we started it in the middle of the pandemic. And what most people don't know is it was actually um, our game, which we're talking about today came first. So that started, we started designing that at the beginning of the pandemic. It was like this crazy idea because we were both um, stuck inside. I'm a musical theater performer and we didn't um, like the musical theater world had shut down. And Jonathan's like, remember that? board game I always wanted you to design <laughs> with me uh, so I was like I, I have time now um but yeah so we started kind of the Teradice Games the YouTube channel like to like get people to know who we are but it's kind of fallen into this huge passion of ours and it's just as important um as the board game that we're designing and yeah we love it so mm -hmm. Well, that's really exciting. Yeah I, yeah, I I know Dalton and I have talked. Like, we started about two years ago, right mm -hmm. around the same time, and it's just like kind of what it's grown into in the community that surrounds the board game space is nothing that we ever imagined. Yeah, so definitely. It, it's it's really great to be a part of that. So, yeah. with uh with the YouTube channel, like what I guess like what has been the most surprising or the most exciting thing that's come out of this two year journey? Uh, <laughs> one thing I guess I think it's made us much better, like designers because we played mm -hmm. so so many games and then with reviewing <laughs> them we also like have to think like well we like this but why do i like it um yeah. and it really design like going into like design and stuff like that yeah. and i think the people that we've met along the way too yeah that's been huge and it's like what sets like when we play those games like there are so many games that we play and it's like i liked it it was good but like what sets <laughs> them what sets them apart mm -hmm. uh yeah. and for us a lot of the time it's the theme uh the theme kind of uh always trumps if two games have the same mechanics if we like the theme better it's like we'll always go for the one with the better theme um and so nice, it's like yeah. how can we make a game that has a theme that like draws people in uh and is a lot of fun to play um kind of both mechanically too yeah but uh yeah. that's that's kind of been a lot of our driver yeah i had to say also another one is um how supportive just like the board game community is and we've like been able to meet people like jonathan and i did this on like a whim and really didn't know that many people like in the community but now we have like friends it seems like from all over the world mm -hmm. that we've met through board gaming and we're able to play with them online and now we're starting to get to meet them in person and it's just been great it's a whole nother community that's opened up to us that we really love that's yeah that's fantastic yeah that's awesome it's really cool that you um sort of started the the game design beforehand and fell into a, like a supporting hobby that's helped with it you know because <laughs> i have had that same like <laughs> feeling of um <laughs> Like, you know, like you said, like, what, what do I like about this game? And then also like, man, this game would be so much better if like X was different, you know, um, mm -hmm. just like having mm -hmm. those types of conversations over and over, it like starts to key into um, 
these skills that you've developed in board game design, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most people don't know that. Most people think the channel came first. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I mean, the the channel's been around in this Bark Avenue, the game. Well, yeah, is- I mean, definitely the channel. It was a sleeper. Yeah, Bark <laughs> Avenue is an underground secret. Yeah. <laughs> Which like kind of goes to show how much work and how much passion you've put into this project. And so we, we kind of flirted with it enough. Let's let's just dive into it. Let's talk about yeah. Bark Avenue. So Bark Avenue is coming to Kickstarter in just a couple of days from the release of this podcast. Dating ourselves just a little bit, but talk <laughs> to me about this game. I've seen it, so I but I want to let the experts talk about it and then I want to talk, you know, kind of what I've I've play tested it. I don't want to brag or anything, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and speaking of that, uh, Nelson's name will be on uh, one of the side panels as one of our play testers. So that's really exciting. Go team. <laughs> <laughs> Jealous. Uh, so do you want to give the summary? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Bark Avenue is a competitive dog walking game on the streets of New York City. Uh, mechanically, it is a pickup and deliver game and route optimization game, sort of like a hand management game too, kind of what's in front of you. Uh, but you're going to be walking uh, probably multiple dogs at once, and you're going to be trying to take them around and doing their favorite activities, playing fetch, stuff like that, and trying to walk dogs to make the most money. So it's a, definitely a fast-paced game where you got to be thinking on your toes. The environment around you is changing every turn. Are there new dogs you want to walk? You know, Is the subway closed? Is You, know, you can't enter Central <laughs> Park because the marathon's happening. Uh, you know, there's lots of different challenges uh, that that kind of make that really fun. Uh, and yeah, yeah, we're really proud of it. I think it's really fun. And it's it's Gateway Plus is roughly what we're going for. So um, yeah, plus plus, you know, if you played like <laughs> Ticket to Ride Europe, like and then tried to like speed play it, like maybe like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it plays out about like 15 minutes per player uh, when you're playing two, three, four, uh, five players. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Where'd this like, where'd this idea come from? Yeah. So, um, I am a former New York city dog walker. So that <laughs> okay. was definitely drawn from a lot of inspiration from that. Um, so we tried to make it as realistic as possible, but I think what kind of sparked it is, uh, we started designing John came up with the original concept right before we got our dog, Emma, who we got during the beginning of the pandemic. So mm. we are thinking a lot about dogs and then me as a dog walker. And I think that's what really drove yeah, this yeah. concept of the game. And yeah. yeah, one of our favorite like games we were playing around that time, I think it was, it was just shortly after was Calico. Um, and mm, we're yep. like, there are so many cat games and like how many <laughs> dog games are there? Um, so, <laughs> yeah, we were like, we were ready to make a dog game. Yeah. yeah. That is actually hilarious and something I've never really thought about. There really aren't that many dog games out there. No, no. no. Like, <laughs> but I don't know what that's about, but I guess <laughs> yeah. board gamers just gravitate towards cats. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Which, you know, of the two is easily the harder pet to have if you're a consistent board gamer. <laughs> right? like true, cat, very you know, true. Knocking all your stuff over, but yeah. yeah. Did you, um, did you kind of like target this, uh, like you named a gateway plus or plus plus, like, did you target that from the get go? Did you kind of like fall into that like complexity level? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think it's like, a. I think that was our initial goal coming mm-hmm. out of it. Um, it's definitely gotten very, like, I think as we've become designed it and played it so many times we're like oh what if it had this what if it had this what if it had this and we realized we were like <laughs> leaning really it was becoming yeah. very very mm. complicated um yeah and so we started scaling it yeah back. the game yeah. got to a point where it was like you know it was done but then it's like yeah, well what if worked. we added in you know a reserved dog mechanic what if we added in more <laughs> hidden goals like uh asymmetric mm. stuff you know we started adding that stuff in and then we would play test the game and it's been play tested hundreds of times by over 50 or 60 people. Uh, and what we started to notice was 
like they'd play the core game, but they really wouldn't use those mechanics. Um, mm-hmm. And they just kind of ignore the fact they were there. And so towards the end, we trimmed on both edges. We just trimmed everything off uh, that that was kind of like unnecessary. And it brought it back to like exactly what it was supposed to be. Yeah. But we've really designed it in a way where it's because I love these type of games where you can pick up on the rules really quickly, but uh, the mastering it is going to take time. <laughs> and I think there's always room. <laughs> like, I think new people coming to the game, they'll be able to work their way through it. They'll be able to play it and have fun. Um, but I think seasoned gamers are also going to love it because there is like a lot of challenging growth in the game as well. One of the things that I noticed when I was playing is kind of what you were talking about, where you love a game with theme and the theme just oozes from this game. Right. I, th- I think. I think the box art talk to me about the box art i don't i i i know the story behind it but it is gorgeous <laughs> and if you haven't seen it then yeah yeah link or whatever but so i before i talk about the box art i want to like wind backwards a little bit i was sitting in oh, jury yeah. duty uh and it was, <laughs> it, it As was one a does. incredibly unexciting jury duty unfortunately it was like exactly the kind of lawsuit that shouldn't exist uh and we're just like sitting there <laughs> And this guy next to me is like doodling on his iPad and he's drawing a picture of Batman. And it was a pretty darn good picture of Batman. I was like, hey, that's, that's a pretty cool picture of Batman. And he's like, thanks. I work for DC Comics. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So I uh, kept in touch with him. We like went to Chipotle during the like jury duty breaks uh, and got his number and stuff. And then a year later, I was like, hey, I see you're doing freelance now. You want to like work on this board game project? <laughs> so awesome. we got him to do the, the box cover for Bike Avenue. And he actually came back and did the event cards and the, uh, the board as well, uh, which he did everything in kind of a comic booky New York style, which worked out really really well so we kind of leaned into that like comic book feel for like the event cards Mm -hmm. yeah 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 that's awesome but the the street on the cover of bark avenue is your street is it yes it is (laughs) yeah okay yeah yeah. so it's like where we we live and our building is on it and um our sweet pup emma is in the center (laughs) 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 so she is walking with uh there's two other dogs with her but uh, she's proud in the center they're leaping out at the cover kind of like if you've seen that big hero six poster where they're all like flying at the cover yeah yeah Um, Yeah. it's like that yeah Yeah, that's where you're going for the feel of like motion in the box cover and stuff Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah yeah, so that Kickstarter, I don't remember if I said it before, but if not, then we'll just, or if I did, or I'm just going to keep repeating myself, that is going to be on uh, May 23rd is when it goes live. 24th. There's going to be a link. 24th? Yeah, that's what I said. 24th. <laughs> 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 Numbers are hard. <laughs> but you can go anytime before May 24th and sign up to get notified. There's going to be a link in the yeah. uh, in the show, mm-hmm. show notes and the show description. So mm-hmm. go check it out. I think it's a hilariously fun game. That was probably not the right adjective. I think it's a great game. <laughs> well, there are there are squishy poops in the game. So the squishy are poops. <laughs> that, that, that's that's where my mind went when I said hilarious because the you it's what what was it? It's the only game where a crappy roll is a good thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I say that never teach. You know, you roll the dice and a poop shows up. That's great. <laughs> yeah, because you want your dogs to poop, and it, yeah. it's just great. I think my favorite thing is when you roll, you have to roll, it's the pigeon dice and how, whichever way the arrow is pointing, that's the way your dog runs. And yep, yeah. that's it's the just, way you're going. Yeah. yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. it's just great. The theme is great. The that's art is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and um, about the dice, like we, we wanted to have like, 
a minor, minor amount of luck, but we didn't want it to be a thing that's like, you know, you're totally dependent on that luck. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a city die and a park die. So you want your dogs to poop. It's like a nice thing that gets you a bonus. But if you're in the city, uh, you roll the city die, which makes it much less likely they're going to poop. You might just get like a puddle or something. Uh, but if you're in the park, <laughs> that's a loaded die. Uh, and in fact, one of the sides has the golden nugget, which is actually like a shiny gold poop, which means like all your dogs poop. <laughs> Uh, but if you've ever like sat on a street corner and been like, go potty, go potty, <laughs> that's the feeling you get when round after round, you can't roll the right thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's fantastic. Yeah. So, so with the Kickstarter going live, I know that there are sometimes some fun, like kind of Easter eggs or stretch goals or just like fun things that happen with the Kickstarter. Do you have anything exciting planned for that? Yeah. So we will have some stretch goals that are unveiled as the campaign is going on. But one thing that will be uh, unveiled, it won't be a stretch goal. It'll be unveiled as soon as the Kickstarter opens Mm -hmm. is that you will have the opportunity to get your dog in the game. And that is not just a personal card. It is going to be included in everybody's copy of the game. But we're doing that's awesome. Yeah. So we're doing it in a unique way to make sure it's balanced. Do you want to explain more about that? So the art is going to be done by April, uh, who is the artist of Flourish. Uh, If you've played that game before, she's absolutely amazing. Um, But she used to be a like pet portrait painter before that. So she's so good at making (laughs) the dog spot on. But uh, basically what uh, what we're going to do is we're going to get pictures of the dog, you know, front side profile some personality details. So we're going to have like a little (laughs) survey for you to take. Do do they like to fetch? Do they like to run? Do they drag it? You know, they're like really (laughs) slow. Um, So we're going to know details about your dog. And what we love most, I think, is like we want the dogs to feel like they're really your dog. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to be, your dog's not going to be paired with mechanics that like don't match your dog. Now we've already designed the 60 dogs. We don't have to design anything or balance anything, Um, but we will slot them into the dog that most closely represents your dog's behavior, uh, which I think will be really fun. Adorable. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. How, so sorry, sorry, go for it. No, I was just going to say, so how it's going to work is, um, it will be a limited number. It's, mm-hmm. uh, so it'll be first come, first serve for the dogs. And it's going to be divided up into three tiers. And we're going to have a small category, a medium category, and a large category. And will be based on size because we like uh, weight. Yeah. So we want to mm-hmm. make sure mm-hmm. that we have a wide variety of dogs in the deck for yeah. um, everyone to enjoy. Yeah. And then we'll also have a couple, like we've already gotten a couple dogs made. Uh, yes. And then we'll also have like kind of some placeholders for, you know, getting some of those classic New York breeds in. If we, you know, if no one gives us an Afghan <laughs> hound, we still have to have one in it. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. So it, it's first 60 people that pledge that at that. Yeah. Uh, well, it's going to be, be a little bit less than 60. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Because you got to get Emma in there, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we also have, yeah. uh, there are going to be seven of those dogs are going to be foster dogs. Um, yeah. So there is a mechanic in the game where you can walk a foster dog. You don't get paid. Uh, you do get a little bonus, but um, the big thing is that you will get the next star on your review track, which is how you unlock more abilities to kind of accelerate your dog walks. Mm. So the foster dogs are going to represent seven real foster care centers in New York City. And they're actually going to have pictures of like, like paintings of real dogs from New York City foster care centers. Yeah. So we already have a, so a couple of them, like Rockland is, is one that, that we've been working with, uh, who's going to be an awesome dog yeah. in the game. And those will be, <laughs> we're going to talk about the, talk about those foster care centers in our Kickstarter page, and then a blurb about each foster care center represented is going to be in the rule book as well. That's such a great that, idea, that, guys. That's so great. Yeah, that's, that's, really that's incredible. I love it. I love it. Thanks. 
So is there Does a best go- dog? <laughs> is there a best dog? Uh, honestly, the the best dogs are going to be the ones who are kind of medium speed. They get along with everybody, and they're like medium size. That's like the best kind of dog uh, because like there's slow dogs. There's like small dogs who don't like big dogs. They're like yeah. real annoying. Yeah. <laughs> but but the easy ones, it, there's this twofold. The easy ones are not going to give you as much money. So That's any true. dog that mm. has a complication with it. You will get yeah. paid. The more. owner knows. Uh, the owner. <laughs> 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 oh, that's funny. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I was very good in my playtest about picking one dog and walking that dog. I did not do a great job in multitasking. <laughs> so <laughs> it was. You know, that's that's what we've noticed about people who play lots of games have who have playtested our game. They want to <laughs> optimize getting the perfect walk, and you can do that by getting them to poop taking a picture of them for the owner <laughs> and doing their favorite activity. So you go play fetch, you go do all that. And then you realize you wasted all this time when you could have been walking other dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's a balance for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And then you have to deal with all the events and it, it's really <laughs> exciting. I'm really excited to get a, the final copy in my hands and, yeah. and play it. So yeah. it, it's going to be fun. Yeah. So talking, um, take us into like design a little bit. So like when you, um, when you're starting out, um, you have all of these ideas running around, right? You have like this great concept, you know, like what you want it to be like, what maybe kind of what you want it to end up looking like. Um, so how are you working through like organizing your thoughts and ideas? Mm -hmm. Like how does the game go from a list of like random thoughts that you've had over the last year or two, um, into something that actually is starting to resemble mechanics in a rule book or whatever. Yeah. We always joke because, um, the first day we came up with it, we're like, we're like, oh, we did it. We wrote, we wrote out a rule book and we're like, Type that's it. Done. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> that <Check>. was easy. <laughs> and then we tried playing it. We're like, oh, okay. Maybe this <laughs> it was awful. It was, it was not even playable. We got through one turn. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, the heart of it is still always there. It's still the same game. It's still the same yeah. game. We basically we didn't check mm-hmm. it out. We're like, okay. Well, how are we going to fix this? Because we love the the <laughs> concept so much. Um, and the first yeah. prototype, I I mean, I drew the basic sketch of the game on like a piece of paper, and then I think our first prototype was like on Amazon boxes I cut up, so it was like a giant board. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that yeah, rapid pro- the, prototyping. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I still have it, um, and that ate part of it. But <laughs> um, but yeah, I think. The heart of it is still there, but basically what kind of what we were saying earlier, I think it's deciding like what is like the good parts of the game that help enhance people's experience, not just a design mechanic mm-hmm. we really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think and also the hard part. you cannot like stress enough, like the, um, the importance of play testers at all phases of the game. So you get your friends to play it first because they get the rough version, you know, uh, and <laughs> yeah. then you kind of watch as it goes on and it, you really have to observe and just kind of listen the types of questions people ask uh, when they ask something two or three times in a row, like, wait, can I really do that? It may mean that something's really unclear there. Or like when you kind of just see where their intuition goes and if that doesn't line up with the rule set, maybe there's something that's not intuitive about your game. And so you don't have to follow all the advice. Like they're going to give you crazy advice too. Like <laughs> someone told us like, you should, when you pass another walker, your dog should fight each other. And then yeah. you get in trouble with the owner. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> they're like, no, nope. so you don't nope. listen to everything they say, but you know. <laughs> so, so what's been like the biggest change or the biggest piece of advice that you've implemented during this playtesting period? 
Yeah, I think that probably the biggest thing was the um, walk tracker. The, well, the walk tracker, I think just that came over time. It, it got a lot better. But I think the thing that was most confusing when the game started out during a turn, you move around the board and you do actions. So you play fetch, you do things like that. And it started out as an action point system game, meaning like if you had five points of action points, you would go one, two, three, fetch, five, you know, like so like yeah. one of yours would be play fetch in the middle of your movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was really hard for people to track. And, you know, you got to move some tokens, you got to do this stuff. It got kind of confusing. Uh, and so the main thing that we implemented was um, we said, you're going to roll the city or park die. You're going to move around the board and then you're going to do an action in whatever neighborhood you end up in. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it used to be that individual spaces gave you actions. We then broke it up into neighborhoods where it's like, you know, these four spaces all Mm -hmm. give you the same actions. Uh, And when we sort of like grouped and simplified it, so it's just roll, move, action, it became so much more intuitive. Uh, And so that was something we tried out and we never looked back. Like as soon as that worked. I would say like, yeah, yeah, that definitely. And it used to be, what do you call it? Where it's like a graph system? Where it used to be a grid a uh, where like a, a, a dog would be at a specific space. Like, like they'd be at A3. C9 or yeah, A4. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and now we have 16 neighborhoods. They're color coded. They're um, yeah. shapes. They're easy to find. Because during yeah. the game, different uh, dogs will come available in the market and you have to go and pick them up. So I think that was mm-hmm. one of the hardest parts is how do we lay out a realistic version of Manhattan but make it feasible to go and pick up those dogs yeah. where you're not because <laughs> we had to dial it back and not make it like at first I designed it. So like you would stop at every single house along like a block. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is getting yeah. way too much. So just right. for an idea of scale, uh, what you see on the board is a blown up version of Manhattan, but the buildings that are represented, at least the famous ones like the Lincoln center and stuff, it's representing 50 blocks North to South and eight avenues like West to East. So that's, it's a lot of streets. So yeah. uh, we wanted streets, to like, yeah. <laughs> we wanted to show sort of like all the different neighborhoods. Uh, and I think we captured it really well. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So before you took it to play testers and you wrote out the design rules, you took that first turn and you said, no, this isn't, this isn't for, for us yet. How many times did you all, the two of you sit down and play before you showed it to somebody else? Yeah, I was like, cause it's our, uh, I was really nervous with the first time we <laughs> yeah we showed it to yeah. someone else because like mm-hmm. it to be honest like because like musical theater had come to a halt I'd like thrown myself into this project and so it was like really terrifying mm. um and I used to like knock at Jonathan's door like at 4 p.m every day be like it's time to work <laughs> on it didn't have a name then the dog game yeah um and so it was kind of just like like meeting every single day and even for 15 minutes and talking about mm-hmm. it, um, I would say it was like a month and a half before, uh, two months before we showed your family. Two months of like a playable game, like six months of an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a lot of work. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and I really respect what you're, what you're saying there. Like, I'm sure that there's, you know, there's a lot of effort and it's, it's a very personal game for you, right? It has like a very personal like theme and your dog is in it, you know? So there's like, yeah. there's a lot of pride <laughs> in that. And you're kind of having to go walk into prototyping and say like, this game is messed up. Like it doesn't, you know, like we know coming into this, that there's parts of it that don't work and that's what you have to help us figure out or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure that that takes an element of bravery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for definitely. Sure. I was like, so scared. Like the first time I like laid the game down for like, it was John's family. So I knew they weren't going to like be like, 
oh this sucks but um <laughs> but i was like oh, like yeah. please like it because uh, i i felt so passionate about it sure yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you laying down cardboard cutout Amazon boxes in front of them? <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah, what it they was. did. Yeah. They yeah. played on an Amazon. They were good sports, they the and they box. played with paper cards. And at the time, um, in the game, you'll see there's like paw prints that you track the rounds, and uh, they had pennies to play with. So it was like heads, heads up and heads down. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> now, one of the coolest things, the best gift that we got was my sister-in-law. Um, she's like really crafty, and she has like resin and all this stuff. And so she actually made molds of dice and then made resin oh, cool. dice for us uh, mm-hmm. that she then like like heat glued on the like sides and stuff. And so we had like almost production worthy dice like really early on. And I think that helps a lot. That was yeah, really cool. That's sweet. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So you, you have this idea. You've built it out. You've play tested it. You've shown it to the first couple of people. You've gotten the, you know, I all the playtesting, all the reviews kind of together, it's starting to form and you've got, you know, this art from this jury duty that you've been working on. <laughs> right. So, so American justice when, system at work. <laughs> yeah. When, when did you all decide it is time to take this to Kickstarter? Like what was the, yeah. the what was the triggering moment that you're like now? So I, we know how insane like uh, the pandemic has been for shipping and manufacturing and like the queue times at the factories and like then getting on a boat. Um, if, if you've like tried to like buy anything, like even toilet paper recently, you know, there's just right. like outages yeah. of everything. Yeah. Um, and so we wanted to make sure that when we went to Kickstarter, the game was ready um, because it, it, we had a strong conviction that like we wanted them to know like it's in line, it's going to be printed and you'll get it as soon as you get it. But it's not our fault if it's, you know, delayed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of that, especially, you know, this being like our first big production as Teradice, we wanted to to have a finished game. So you're going to see a like 99% finished rule book when the Kickstarter launches. Um, you're going to see all that. And I think that's, that's what's going to propel us forward in, in this Kickstarter. I will say that I respect Kickstarter significantly more if they have a fleshed out rulebook, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mm-hmm. it, it is hard for me to back a Kickstarter when they're like the rulebook is coming. I'm like eh, I don't know. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> feels like you I'm should buying have minis. That. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel like I'm buying minis at this point, and I don't I don't want to buy minis. Yeah. So so that that's just, that that's awesome. So. Are, were there any last second changes? Are there going to be any last second changes? That's a or is question. it kind of fleshed out like right now? Yeah. So um, there are, yeah. So basically the only oh, major, yeah, yeah. the only major change that we made uh, is the two player version. So w- we play games two player all the time. Uh, yeah. And we think it's really important that if a game is going to say two player on the box, that it really plays well two player. And the board is just a little bit too open for a two player game. It's like, I could be on the West side and Mackenzie could be on the East side. (laughs) We never interact. So we made a change probably a couple months ago where we said two player, you're only going to play on one side of the board, one neighborhood. So, so when you play two player, you pick West or East, you filter out those dog cards. It's pretty easy to, to filter them. Um, and then you just play the west side or you just play the east side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we made that change. Uh, and so that means you get rid of like three hidden gold cards and y- you play on one side. And it's great. It, it made the two-player mode so tight. Yeah. And so yeah. I would say the only, nice. the only other thing, um, it's so the two-player version is done. It's ready to go. The only other part that we're still working on, um, we have a guest solo designer working on the project with us. So it will be, be able to play a solo. Um, oh, cool. Very cool. That will, 
Yeah, I'm really excited about it. But that will be unveiled during the Kickstarter. But that's probably the only part we're still uh, fleshing out on how mm-hmm. that uh, solo mode is going to work. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. That's really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. And from someone who plays a lot of two player games, I appreciate the it needs to play well at two players to put it on the box. Yeah. <laughs> there, are, there are a couple <laughs> of games out there that Look at say you, two seven players. Wonders. I th- that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> two players, so, wait, Seven Wonders says two player on the board. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If you play with a dummy minimum. player. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. You just set up another player and you play it. No, we no, no I, two players. I cannot play two player games where I have to run a robot. Like, yeah. uh, no, um, this is, right. you, you, you're playing just the two of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the solo, the Automa is also going to be, we also are making that um, our solo designer. So it's, you don't have to do a lot of housekeeping. And basically yeah, play yeah. by like with basically play like oh, another person. You won't really have to do that. Yeah, because- Jacqueline's designed games before. She has a game pack. The yeah, essentials that. Yeah, yeah. So her name's Jacqueline Atkins. She runs Pudgy Cat Games on Instagram, and oh, then she yeah. also yeah, okay. yeah yeah she has yeah. a game pack. The essentials that's like won awards at contests and stuff. Uh, and she plays solo games, I think, daily. Um, so we always see her. She's like, I'm on a plane, so I'm playing Three Sisters by myself, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and so it's like, uh, she has so much experience with this, and her solo mode is so tight in her game. So we're like, yes, we we need your help. And she's a New Yorker. She um, lives in Upper West Side as well. So Very uh, cool. really glad to have her on the team. I think that's something that we've seen a rise in since the pandemic is solo gameplay, mm-hmm. yeah. where before 2020 i was like i'm i don't want to do that and now you know i've played hundreds of games solo so yeah. <laughs> you get more so hours it, on solo games than <laughs> it's that's probably yeah. true that's actually <laughs> very fair but it so i mean it's great to hear that there's going to be a solo mm-hmm. solo component to it so that that's really exciting yeah what else do you want to tell the people about bark avenue about designing do you have any advice or inspirational words for someone who's setting out to design a board game that wants to get on kickstarter someday yeah um i don't know what some advice i said i heard was like like you can't wait for motivation because you aren't going to be motivated every day for the project (laughs) um and so what really helped us is just like setting a time every day or every other day where you sit down and just like work on it. Even if like, you don't even know like what to work on, you just start doing something and you set that a lot of time and then you start chipping away with it. Cause you could, can't get into a spiral where you're just like, Oh yeah, I'll do it. Oh, I'll just think about it. Cause at the beginning stages, it's, it's really scary like to think about an idea, but then to actually like, sit down with a pen and paper and be like, well, I have no idea how this is going to work. So it's a lot of like, I don't know, failing at the beginning and being Mm -hmm. okay with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. So if anyone's out there that wants to design a board game, (laughs) set time aside that, that, yeah, that's really good advice. Not only just for board games, but I think for any project, Yeah. right? Like it's, you make time for it and it'll come, right? Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. discipline and it's practice and that helps kind of get those juices flowing and and get you going. So excellent. Yeah. Cause Nelson, I don't know, like, how many games you and I have at some point thrown up a concept for on a whiteboard. <laughs> I feel like it's in the realm of like three to five, you know, yeah. but like none of them ever get past that point. Right. Cause at some point you go <laughs> like, eh, this is fun to talk about, but like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you know, and there's something funny I heard about that. So like I was worrying in the beginning, I think every designer worries this the first time they're like working on a, a thing like a board game. Uh, they're like, do we trademark our idea? Do we like, do we like, mm. you know, start to try to figure out what our copyright situation is? And um, w- the thing that I found was someone said, please, you know, take my idea and make it a game so I can play it without having to design it. <laughs> it's like, it is so hard to make a game. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you have to have the passion in it, you have to be the one who's got the buy-in. Yeah, and um, I really don't know if it wasn't for the pandemic. Like, it's like, um, it really made us have, make me have that time and make Jonathan, me, me have the time to be like, Jonathan, let's meet now (laughs) (laughs) you have no choice let's meet (laughs) it's helpful that you can like knock on the door and it's like you're done working now (laughs) i know (laughs) you just have to come home or something yeah perks of being married and we are both stuck at home together (laughs) right right yeah oh man excellent yeah that's the other good advice yeah if you want to design a board game you you just miss the boat actually you know you should have done it in the last two or three years (laughs) yeah Yeah. get married to your co-designer yeah (laughs) (laughs) excellent well this was an absolute blast having you on thank you so much for talking about terradice again you can find all the contact information and the links below I, I say that because I now do YouTube. And so it, I like I always joked early on in the podcast I know. about, you know, click the link below. And now that I actually have a YouTube, I'm conditioned right. to say click the link below. And so it's non ironic. You become now. what you hate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, smash that in the subscribe description. button. <laughs> yeah. Smash that subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up. Anyways. <laughs> but. Thank you for talking about Paradise. Thank you for talking about Bark Avenue. Thank you for talking about the starting out the exposition of designing a board game. I wish you the best of success yeah. in the Kickstarter. I will be probably not one of the first sixty because I'm not. I'm going to miss that boat, and also I don't have a dog. But the <laughs> but I will be definitely a backer, and I look forward to playing the you know, the final copy. It's it's going to be exciting. Oh, thanks so much. And thank thanks you. for having us on. Thank you guys for running such an awesome podcast. We really like you guys. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> appreciate it. Awesome. Well, excellent. You can find Terra Dice anywhere that you listen to YouTube videos. And, <laughs> <laughs> and cheers, everybody. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>